Hello and welcome to the Modern Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio. I'm the owner of Modern Law, a family law firm in the Phoenix area. I've been a divorce attorney for more than 15 years. I've got four kiddos and I'm divorced myself. And on this podcast, we're going to cover everything related to divorce, be it legal issues, financial issues, children issues, blended family issues, counseling, mediation, and more. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hi there, it's Billy Tarasio with the Modern Divorce Podcast, back again with a really fantastic guest today. We're going to talk about attracting the type of relationship you want, one that's intimate, healthy, sexy, and not toxic. So it's going to be great here with expert Roy Biancalana. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. It's great to be here with you, Billy. Yes, welcome. Yeah, so I'm glad to be here, especially um, to have a conversation about how not to give you more business, I guess, right? I mean, <laughs> how to have a relationship that's healthy and sustainable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have been divorced and yeah. uh, remarried and been down that road and nobody wants that. Although I think sometimes it's necessary. Uh, certainly I've grown as a result of all, all of my relationship problems. I've had more than just that one. So only one divorce, but I've had lots of issues. <laughs> haven't we all it's like the hardest thing relationships are the hardest thing um and it seems like at least from my perspective i just see people that are unhappy and and divorcing and uh definitely like for myself don't want to get remarried the thought is terrifying (laughs) and i think there's a lot of people who get out of relationships and are just like i don't know what to do i don't know what i'm doing i don't want to move forward so tell me what are people doing wrong yeah you know I think the best way to describe this, and I often joke with people, although it's not a joke, if you just don't do the things that I did, you're going to be fine, right? So, I mean, a lot of what I'm going to share, yes, I've learned from my trainings and all that. I've written three books and all that stuff, but boy, a lot of it um, comes from just my own journey and introspecting about myself. And here's here's kind of what I've discovered. Um, So I was married for 19 years. Okay. And it became a quite a platonic relationship. You know, we, we functioned well, we didn't fight much. We raised the son together, but we didn't have much man, woman stuff, right? We were more brotherly, sisterly, right? So went through a divorce. And of course I immediately rebounded, right? Mm-hmm. Without taking any time to think about myself or what I had been through or ask some good questions. I just jumped right into another relationship, which was of course the opposite, right? So it was all sex and sexual at the time. Okay. That was wonderful for me at the time because it had been a long time. Right. But, you know, we were together two and a half years and we got engaged and then she broke up with me six months before the wedding. Mm. And that crushed me. Like I'm talking a midlife, a midlife crisis that lasted about a year mm. where I, I couldn't sleep. I had heart palpitations, obsessive thoughts. I became a lousy father that year. My career suffered. I mean, I was just a mess. Yeah. And so I did another brilliant thing in the middle of all that. I decided the best way to handle all my pain and grief was just to join about four different dating sites. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And, and I just. It was my only way to survive. I look back and I'm like, what were you thinking? But I was simply trying to survive, but I really was not available to the women that I was meeting online, right? I was, in a sense, I was using them to help me 
forget about my pain. So I I really wasn't there. And so you can imagine the amount of drama that that started causing (laughs) in the space of a couple of years. Yeah. I've been divorced and now I rebounded that fell apart and now I'm doing online dating. And, you know, I write in in a couple of my books, which are surrounding my head up there. Mm -hmm. Um, I write about some of the stories and some of the drama that I created with women because of that mess. And it was right about then that someone suggested that maybe I needed to work with someone. Mm. (laughs) Maybe I had an issue. Mm. So Billy, here's the thing. And it's so funny to say this now, but I find that it's really, really true. I actually thought that all of my relationship problems were because of them. I really thought it was all the woman's fault. Mm. All my ex-wife and all my ex-fiance, this and that, and all you crazy women I meet online. I was pointing the finger of blame. Mm -hmm. I really thought the reason my love life sucked was because I hadn't met the right woman yet. It never really, I know I've got a huge ego, right? And this is showing it. It never occurred to me that it might be me or that at least I had a big part in what I was creating and what I was experiencing and the patterns and the pain and the problems. Up until then, I just was so thinking it was all them. And so I think really the biggest mistake that I made, and I think it's the biggest mistake a lot of us make, is it's so easy to think that if our love lives haven't gone well and they've been painful or we can't meet someone or we're getting in weird patterns and dynamics, it's so easy for the ego to say, oh, it's the online dating world. It's men, it's women, it's them. Right. Because we don't really want to look in the mirror and say, maybe I'm missing something about my childhood conditioning has maybe affected the way I relate, or I've got some personality blind spots, or I've got something that I call a relationship persona, you know, a fear-based way of relating that creates certain dynamics. It never occurred to me that, that I might have a big part in what's going on. And when I say that, I don't mean for the listener, the viewer to think that my partners were perfect, right? They had issues. Of course they did. It's just that I was never looking for mine. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't really do the work on yourself, here's the reason why the second marriage ends in divorce with a higher percentage than the first is because we don't ask the questions of ourselves. We take our junk and we just bring it into another relationship and we recreate similar dynamics. And then that falls apart too. And then we just think, oh, all men suck and all women suck, whatever it is. And so the biggest thing I've learned is to do the hard work to ask yourself, how am I responsible for my relationship results? What's my part? And when we learn those things, when we can work through those things, now we sort of have grown as a result of a breakup or divorce, and we're a better person for it in a way, even though it might've been very painful. We learn things about ourselves, the way we communicate, the way we handle feelings, the way we deal with conflict. And we're, we're better equipped to create something healthy and sustainable in the future. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that, that's the number one thing. Are you willing to take responsibility for mm-hmm. your love life? Or do you just want to blame everybody else? Mm-hmm. And one leads to more misery and the other one leads to real life transformation. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you talk about is how, how we can be more attractive mm. if we are single. 
And so how does this translate to people being more attractive? Yes. Well, here's, here's what I would say. This might surprise you or the viewers. You are always attractive to someone or to people at certain levels of consciousness or maturity, right? Mm. So in other words, you're moving through the world with a kind of state of consciousness, a a way of being. Mm -hmm. Um, You're showing up in a certain way. This is one of the reasons why I say the law of attraction works, Mm -hmm. but that should scare the hell out of you. Right. Because <laughs> if if you are moving through the world and you're not in very good relationship shape, that's kind of the terminology that I use based on my newest book, Relationship Boot Camp. Okay. It's, it's, like a, it's like a book to get you in great relationship shape. Okay. If you're not in very good relationship shape, you will attract other people who are also not in very good relationship shape. In other words, we always attract and can we only can attract people who are at the same relationship fitness level that we are. In other words, you never will attract someone who is emotionally and psychologically healthier than you are. Okay. So you're going to attract someone. The law of attraction means like attracts like. And so the real question is, what do I need to do to attract a higher quality person to to be attractive in ways that leads to healthy, sustainable intimacy. And so that leads to kind of a personal growth perspective that if I become healthier, if I get my relationship muscles stronger and in better shape, if I'm functioning at a more mindful, conscious, evolved level, then I will attract relationships on those levels also. And now we're in business, right? But, you know, So that's the important thing is we always attract according to where we are. And, and so hopefully that the people listening right now might have their head might spin a little bit with that. It's like, whoa, that's like, yeah, I'm going to attract based upon where I am. Because most of us, when we're looking for a partner, we, where, where do I find the really good, like men, where do I find good, deep, conscious men who don't play games, who mean what they say, who they've got their shit together, right? They're, they're leading a quality life and I can trust them. Like I, I can make my life join. Where are they? Or guys say, where can I find the women who are, who, who have got their lives together, you know, who are, who are beautiful, but deep and, and, you know, they're, they're functioning at a high level and we can create something. Where do I find them? Like, it's not about trying to find those kind. It's about being the person that they would be attracted to, mm-hmm. right? It's like raising, I hate to use this word, but it's like raising your vibration level, mm-hmm. raising your level of how you function in the world because you attract people that are on the same kinds of level. And so that changes the thinking from where do I go to meet someone? How do I find these higher quality people to what do I need to do inside of me? to become a higher quality person who will then automatically attract people that function at a higher level. And then you've got a chance to do something special. I like it. I like it a lot. But what you said is pretty intense because there are people out there who feel like, you know, they're always, you know, they're only with bad boys, 
or, or, or they only date women who are hot messes. And what you're saying is, you know, you are the hot mess and you are the, the bad girl, or you, you are, there's something about the way that you're showing up that is bringing this on yourself. So how do we do a quick audit and right. take some steps? Give us some actionable advice. Beautiful here to question. Show up right. right. I, on some level, uh, if I'm attracted, if I keep attracting women who are kind of a hot mess, then there is something about that. I'm getting something out of it, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're attracting bad boys, which can be very sexy and very exciting, but of course they, the bad boy traditionally is afraid of commitment. I mean, it's, it's not going to go anywhere, but you're going to have a good time getting there. You're going to have a good time getting your heart broken eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So, but there's something that's in you that's attracted to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. This is what I call, re- we're talking about relationship personas mm-hmm. and we're talking about this tendency to seem to attract the same types of partners over and over again, like the, and, and have the same dynamics of the same problems, the same pain. And I actually have coined, it's so common. I, I coined the term, I, I, maybe I should copyright it, but it would be the relationship groundhog day syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe the old movie where Bill Murray keeps leaving the same day over and over and over again until he learns something and yeah. right. Well, we can have that. Like I keep, I keep attracting the same relationship over and over again, where they're always bad boys. They're always hot messes. So let me give an example of my own life on this, because when I finally hired a coach, when my friend suggested you need some help, one of the questions I had was, why do I keep attracting women who are like high powered in their careers? Mm -hmm. I mean, killing it, making great money, but they're working 60 to 80 hours a week and they they're single moms and they are just overwhelmed with the responsibilities of trying to keep all this going. And they're not doing very good. I mean, they're getting swallowed up by their career and the kids and the school and the homework. And, the, and, and so they're in this place. Why do I keep attracting that kind of woman um, who's like a, like a damsel in distress? Mm. Okay? What I learned is that my relationship with my mother, and this is going somewhere, but my relationship with my mother was such that she provided for our family's like physical needs, but she was really kind of emotionally distant. She was sort of demanding, kind of harsh, kind of business-like. Um, and I discovered as a little boy, I didn't know at the time, I'm just you know five, six, seven years old, that I want to be close to my mother. What little boy doesn't want to be close to his mother? And I discovered that I got more attention and affection. I felt more connection with my mother when I sort of dropped whatever I wanted or what I needed. And I just tried to make mommy happy. What do you need, mommy? Like if I'm a good boy, if Mm -hmm. my life is sort of about fulfilling her agenda and not getting in her way and not having my needs interrupt maybe what she wanted, if I sort of backed away and made my life be about sort of taking care of hers, then I felt some warmth. Then I felt connection. But if I showed up as selfish or I want this, I need this kind of being my own self, I felt more disconnection. So now you fast forward, I'm 45 years old and I'm functioning as good boy Roy. I'm functioning as what I 
came to call Roy the rescuer ah. because I had learned that the way you get attention and affection from a beautiful woman, and let's face it, when you're a little boy, your first girlfriend's your oh, mother in yeah. a sense. I mean, she's you the first feminine mom. source mm-hmm. and I'm learning about how to interact with the feminine mm-hmm. from that. And I learned, well, the way you get attention and affection is about making your life take care of theirs. Yeah. Right. So I would meet women and the pattern would go within a couple of weeks. I might move in because they're so overwhelmed because <laughs> Oh, oh, baby, I'll wash your kids' clothes for you. I'll, I'll, I'll do the laundry. I'll make the oh beds. God, I'll clean the house. Boyfriend. I'll do right. I'll, I'm getting to that. That's a great <laughs> insight. I'll, I'll cut your grass. I'll, you know, I'll wash your car. I'll, I'll raise the kids. I'll take them to soccer practice. I'll be your masseuse. I'll be your therapist. Um, and <laughs> so I was functioning as a chapter in my first book, which is on top of my head there, the world's greatest boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I was doing it not as an expression of love. Okay. People that want to love that way. That's beautiful. I was doing it because I was afraid mm. that if I didn't do those things, I could never get the attention and affection of the beautiful woman. Mm. So it was all fear-based in a sense. It was manipulative in a kind of a way. Yeah. So here I am believing that the only way that I can get love and feel safe and be wanted and feel affection and attention is if I make my life be about taking care of yours. Mm -hmm. So now I'm functioning as a rescuer. Mm -hmm. Well, who do, who do rescuers need? People that need rescuing, right? Exactly. They need a damsel in distress, right? So I kept attracting these women who needed to be rescued Mm. and the women that I dated when I was doing the online thing that kind of had their shit together, they might've had great careers, but they were handling things. They were big girls. They were taking care. They didn't need me to do all the the rescuing stuff. I didn't have any chemistry with them. Wow. But the women that were sort of overwhelmed and I'm like, Oh baby, you, you, I'll save, I'll I'll Superman. I'll swoop in. I'll take care of it. And of course, all you got to do is take care of me. Right. Which you know, I'll, I'll completely clear your schedule so that you can use all of your extra time to have sex with me. Cause that's what I was always lacking. Right. So we created this codependent dynamic, right? So the way I explain it to people is that that's my dynamic of rescuer damsel, but there are so many of these sort of codependent little minglings. And so think about when you were a little girl or you you made a puzzle, like at a hundred piece puzzle or a thousand piece puzzle and every individual piece had a certain shape to it. Right. And it didn't go with any piece in the puzzle. It had to find its match Mm -hmm. and it had to go perfectly to fit. Okay. Well, we come out of our childhoods and our, our backgrounds and our experiences, and it gives us a certain kind of emotional and psychological shape. Mm-hmm. We are shaped in a certain way. And that shape fits with a reciprocal shape. So I was shaped as a rescuer. Mm-hmm. And so the only women I would fit with were women who needed to be rescued. Mm-hmm. So why do I keep attracting them? It's not because the women have some issues because I'm showing up as a rescuer. Those are the only women who will respond to me or feel chemistry with me. The other kind won't, they won't even, they, they, they won't feel anything. They, they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you talk about why do I attract the bad boys? 
or the women who are a hot mess. It's because you have a certain psychological shape that fits with the bad boy or the hot mess. And if you, as long as you're shaped that way, you can try to you're blue in the face to not keep attracting those partners, but you will do it over and over and over again because they're the only people that fit with you. So if you want to get out of the dynamic, it's not about where do I find someone who's not a hot mess, who's not a bad boy, who's not a damsel. It's what do I have to do to change my shape? Yeah. Right. So I'm a shape shifting coach. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I do is help people work on yourself. If you change your shape, you're going to attract a whole different dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's 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 mystical, but it's not. It's so obvious. Right. But that's the big shift that we need to make from how do I find a better person or the right person to what do I need to do in here that sets me on a trajectory to where I get out of these patterns of the pain and the problems and so forth. Does that make sense? Yes. Theoretically. How did you change your shape? Yeah. Well, it started by really getting to know Roy, the rescuer, really seeing where he came from, what he believed, um, sort of the feelings that, that were underneath it, the feelings of fear and insecurity and, and then really identifying the behaviors, the patterns, right? So, um, and and then <laughs> this is getting in the deep deep end here. Then once I really started to know that false version of myself, um, I took a chance and made it known to two groups of people. One, I made it known to my friends. I said, "Listen, I got this rescuer thing that I do. Would you?" Because you're my friend, and I'm always talking to you about women I'm dating and you know things happening in my life. Would you smack me when you see me falling into being that guy mm-hmm. that is, you know, doing everything to try to get a woman to like him, doing things you don't want to do, mm-hmm. right? So I elicited the support of people around me to help me get out of a habit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I started telling the women that I was dating very early on, hey, listen. Here's where I go offline. Here's why I've had problems in my previous relationships. I have gotten into the sense to to get you to like me, that I will pretty much sacrifice my life to take care of you and treat you like a victim, treat you like a person who can't take care of herself. And I I become Roy the rescuer. And I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to show up that way. You don't need me to show up that way. So I outed myself. Sure. So when I met my wife, finally, a couple of years after doing this work with my coach. And now I'm married and been together like 13 years. I think it was our third date that I told her all about this. And I had given him a name. I called him Casanova. I didn't say Roy the rescue. I, Casanova was like this womanizer schmoozer. It just, it was a more fun kind of name. I told her about this and I said, listen, I really do want you to call me out. If you sense that I am doing something that feels inauthentic to you, Mm. that I'm trying to take care of you or, or rescue you or treat you like you're unable to lead your own life and take care of, if you smell that come off of me, would you call it out in me? Mm -hmm. Right. And because she was on a pretty spiritual path and she had worked before she met me a couple of years with a therapist and she was working on some of her junk. 
I mean, she resonated with that, right? That yeah. didn't chase her off. She's like, okay, this guy is self-aware now. And she was able to share some things that she had learned, but I outed myself with that. So now I can't get away with it. Now I can't say, I'm going to come over and wash your car. Like, What's that? Like, ew, ew. No, I can wash my own car, <laughs> you know, or if I need something, I'll ask for it. But right. So there, are, there is some deeper work that you do once you can identify what shape you are and you know, that shape's always going to attract that dynamic. Then you do the personal growth work to let some of those things go. And you look at your beliefs and your feelings and your behaviors. And sometimes then you tell some other people around you to support you, hold you accountable so that you break free of some of these patterns. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a really exciting journey. It, it, it actually really is fun looking back on it in the middle of it. When I started seeing these things, I was horrified. I was horrified how insecure as a man that I was, that I felt like I had to do all this stuff to just get a woman to like me. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing, Roy? I mean, you can be kind, you can do wonderful things for people, but not for that reason. Right. <laughs> right? You, you're lovable just the way you are just mm-hmm. being up your own wants, your own needs, your, your own values, just yourself. You don't have to sell yourself mm-hmm. in order to, to get someone to, to need you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was not fun to notice that stuff, but it was the reason why I, I kept getting in awful relationships. And then when I got out of it, then everything changed. It was like night and day. It was just amazing. What are some of the most common patterns or personas that you see? Yeah, there's, there's similar, like, um, sometimes women report, like, why do I keep attracting broken down men, men that their life is kind of in the crapper, you know, it's just, they've got real financial problems or, you know, difficulties and they're, they're, they're sort of broken down. Um, very often, or the other one would be like, if we're talking about women first, um, men who are wounded, Mm. wounded soldiers, Mm -hmm. you know, they, They've been through some things and so forth. So if you're attracting those kind of dynamics, chances are from your childhood, you believe that the way that you get love and attention from men is by nurturing, is by over caretaking, fixing. So you walk around with a wrench and you wonder why you keep attracting men who are broken down. Mm-hmm. Or you walk around as Florence Nightingale wearing your cute little nurse outfit and you wonder why you keep attracting men who need to be nursed back to health. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the, the beautiful part of this is whatever pattern that you're in, you know that whatever the 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 man or woman is that's showing up in my in my movie here, I must have that opposite reciprocal thing. Like I must be the person that they need. Sure. And they are the person that I need. Yeah. If I'm a mechanic, then I only interact with, with people whose cars are broken down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. right. So um, in, in a sense, you were saying you only meet people who are in divorce trouble. Well, of course. And I only work with people who, whose love lives suck. Yes. That's fine. Right. We, <laughs> we understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we understand that our, our vision of what's really true in the world, we might have a bias because right. all we see is the problem. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. A lot of people, they don't know that they're moving through the world as a rescuer, as a mechanic, as a nurse, and, and they just get frustrated by ending up in these dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's so many, there's, there's one I call Freddie, the fireman, right? The hot mess goes with Freddie, the fireman. Mm. Cause it's like, baby, when you're, when, when you become the hot mess, just dial nine one one, I will drop everything. I'll come right over and I'll rescue you. I'll climb up to the window and I'll carry you down the ladder. Right. So I'm like a fireman and mm. I will rescue you when, you know, it's a, when it's a hot mess, when the flames are burning and then people complain about, I'm in this relationship, but the only time we ever seem to connect is when there's a really big problem and there's a, a, a big disaster, a big emotional breakdown. And, and then I come over there and I, I'm sort of putting the fires out all the time. Why, yeah. why am I putting fires out all the time? Mm-hmm. How come, how come the people I meet are always on fire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it can be, we got to laugh about these things. Otherwise we'll just cry. Right. But we can start to wake up and say, Oh, well, I'm attracting these dynamics because, you know, I'm moving through the world as a fireman. I had a client one time that was experiencing that. And I told him, I said, what you need to do is go to like Toys R Us. I think those stores are gone, but go to a child's toy store and get a little tiny red fireman's hat. (laughs) Okay. Like a little plastic little hat. And put it in your cup holder of your car or put it on the mantle over your fireplace or something. And every time you look at that, it's going to remind you, don't be a fireman, right? Right. Because my coach did that with me. She's like, Roy, you're you're this Casanova dude, right? Who will be there to light a woman's cigarette, you know? So my coach is like, get yourself a lighter and put it in your pocket. And I'm like, I don't smoke. I don't date women who smoke. That's not. She's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Every time you feel that lighter in your pocket, it's going to remind you. Do not be Casanova. Do yeah. not be right there to, you know, lay your coat down over the puddle and, you know, devote your life to doing all that to get her to like you. Right. So there are some really fun ways to break free of these patterns. And, you know, that's when I love my job is when I meet a person who first wants to work on themselves mm-hmm. and then two kind of wants to explore these kinds of dynamics and mm-hmm. wake up to that. Mm-hmm. People and apply them to their life. And then that's when coaching becomes a blast. So let's talk about that. You are a coach. You are an author. Let's first talk about your books. Yeah, I've written three books. My first book right at the top there, it's all about my relationship addiction because that's what happened to me, right? I mean, I needed a, my rescuing was because I needed their attention and affection in kind of an addictive way. So I was like this serial monogamous. Like I tell people I was never out of a committed relationship from the day I was 16 till I was 46. We all know people like that. We all know people like that. Because they overlapped, if you know what I mean. I'm not proud of that, but they sort of (laughs) overlapped. I was messed up. I'm telling you, right? So so that book's like my memoir, my story. And then I wrote a second book just called Attracting Lasting Love, which that's where I got the name of my podcast. Like I have a podcast that's called the attracting lasting love podcast, Mm -hmm. Uh, but my newest book is relationship bootcamp. And that's the one where I focus. It's almost like I've taken everything I've learned and put it in this one book and try to describe it in some playful ways, like getting yourself in relationship shape. And the book talks about seven muscles Mm -hmm. that need to be strong 
uh, if you're going to create something healthy and sustainable. Um, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, those, those books really encompass a lot of what I, what I stand for and, uh, yeah, they're, they're all on Amazon and so forth. So, okay. And tell me about what you do as a coach. Do you work with anyone and everyone? Yeah, I, I, well, single people that don't want to be. Okay. But they really want to know why they're sabotaging themselves or why their love lives aren't working out. And they're, they're interested in kind of a mindful, conscious perspective there. In other words, if the things I'm saying right here, you're going, yeah, yeah, boy, that resonates. Well, then you'd be a perfect, you know, but if you're like, oh, that's a bunch of cycle babble BS, well, we're probably not a good fit. No, not (laughs) a good fit. so yeah, I work with people who really want to say, like I was, when I finally hired a coach, I was like, my professional life is going pretty good, but I can't make a relationship work and it can't be then. I, I, I'm missing something here. Yeah. <laughs> Help me see what I'm missing because my heart is just being wrung out like a dirty rag. I mean, I, I can't stand another breakup and another divorce or I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't want this for my life. Mm-hmm. So I work with people who are, they're sort of desperate like that. They're like, I'm at my wits end. Yeah. I've got to figure something out because I, my heart can't take it anymore. And so for people that are interested in that, I mean, I, of course I offer a free consultation. I mean, you would never hire someone to work on your love life without talking to them, getting to know them, see if there's a fit, right? I'm, I tell people, you know, you're not asking me to cut your grass. anybody can do that. We're talking about your love life. Now we're talking Mm -hmm. about getting into the deepest parts of you and, and so forth. So um, I offer a free 30 to 45 minute consultation, no pressure. I don't need to do all that stuff. Um, But yeah, I do a four month program with people where we, we create enough space and enough time to dive in and stir it up and get some learnings, make new commitments, practice a little bit, to set you on a path, um, you know, to go forward. Like I always use this metaphor. If you wanted to run in a triathlon mm-hmm. and you hired a coach to help you, you could ask all kinds of questions about what to do on the day of the race, right? You know, how much food to eat, water to drink, how to survive the water. You could do that. But if, if you, if you're smart, you would talk to your, your coach about how do I get in shape for that race? Yeah. Because if, if I'm 50 pounds overweight, I don't care how good my strategy is the day of the race, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm not going the distance. And I found that in relationships, you can spend a lot of time. Where do I go to meet someone? Mm-hmm. How do I approach them? Or how do I get them to approach me? What mm-hmm. do I say? How do I flirt? All the stuff that happens on race day, the day you're meeting someone, how you meet them. But I'm a coach that says, you better get yourself in shape before that happens. Otherwise, it's not going to go the dif- the distance. Yeah. Right. So How that's the conversations I have with people. All right. So somebody comes to you and they're like, I'm single. I don't want to be, you put them through this four month program. And how many of those people at the end of four months are in a relationship? Well, a good number of them. I get invited to my clients' weddings pretty frequently. That's awesome. Um, now, when and how you meet someone is sort of God's business or, you know what I mean? It's like, but what we're doing is we're getting you in shape so Mm -hmm. that when you do bump into someone, like when I finally did my work, I met my wife, I went to a personal growth conference. I knew the speaker. I went there just for my own growth. I just happened 
to sit next to the prettiest girl in the room. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. <laughs> okay. I, we just started flirting and 18 months later, we got married. So how does that work? Right. You, you, you can meet people in the weirdest ways. Right. And you, you just never know. Now you can be online and there are some things like that, but people meet in airports. I mean, ask people how they met and you'll hear yes. bizarre stories, right? Mm-hmm. The, the question is, are you ready? See, when I met my, my current wife, I had done two years with my coach, which is a long time for coaching. She had done like three years of therapy because she's a therapist herself, but she was in therapy for her own relationship issues. <laughs> and we met after we had both kind of gotten in shape and we were sort of ready to make something work. Yeah. Right? So that's my plea to people is do the work. So that when God decides to put somebody right in front of you, you, you know, you don't screw it up. <laughs> you, know, you don't create the same patterns, you know, show up with the same habits and the same beliefs and, and create the same kind of drama, right? So you, yeah, you, you want to get ready for something real. And then you have to trust. I mean, you live your life, you go out with your friends, you do things. I mean, I mean, we're all looking for each other. Just we need each other, right? I mean, the, the species wouldn't exist past a generation if we didn't hook up, right? So there's a natural wanting to be with each other. The issue is, can you attract a healthy dynamic because you've worked on yourself? I love it. So how do people find you? How do they reach out to you? Yeah. Well, coachingwithroy.com. Everything is there. My cell phone number is right on the front page of my website. So you can just text me and we can talk. You can find links to my books there, but you can find them on Amazon too. But what's on my website is something really cool. Okay. So since I'm this relationship coach and, and I want to get you in relationship shape, I, I thought, why don't I create a relationship fitness test so that you can discover your current fitness level, right? If you go to the gym and you hire a trainer to get you in shape, Okay. The first thing a good trainer is going to do is run you through a bunch of assessments to find mm-hmm. out, okay, what are we starting with? Mm-hmm. I know where you want to get to, but where are you? Once I know where you are, I can put a plan together and get you there. Well, I mean, why don't we do that for our love lives? Right. We know what we want. Where are you starting from? <laughs> How out of shape are you? Right. I was really, really dangerously out of shape. And so I created a, a 30 question true false test. It takes about three or four minutes to take it but it's very accurate. It will give you a good reading on your current fitness level. And if you're like most people, it's going to come back and give you some feedback. Like you probably do need to get in better shape. Like you're probably not God's gift. You know, I thought I was, but I wasn't. None of us go to the gym. Right. So So you're going to find out where you are. And then I, as your coach, oh, well, then let's put a program together Mm -hmm. to work on the muscles that you need to get stronger to to create a relationship that doesn't end up in your office anymore. Or you don't need me again after you break up with another person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So all that is found right on coachingwithroy.com. It's called the Relationship Fitness Self-Assessment Test. Can't miss it. If you have enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast, leave Roy a review. It's been a super fun one. Thank you so much for being here and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. 
Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you are anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.